Welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I'm your host, Emily. I am a Kentucky native, now Boston-based artist, researcher, spirituality, and creativity teacher. I'm here to share with you stories and conversations that explore the sometimes subtle, sometimes epic ways that we as people discover our voices and begin consciously creating lives filled with meaning and expression. Powerful stories bridge the gaps between intellect and heart, between mundane and divine, between fantastical and practical. And I'm so excited to have you here sharing this space and being part of these conversations. Let's begin. Hello, 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 and welcome back. If you are new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) I am so happy to have you here and to be sharing this interview with Megan Winkler, the good business witch, with you today. Before we get into the interview, for those of you who have been following the podcast I'll start with a bit of an update. It's been another hot minute (laughs) since I released an episode, and although I have been talking to you at the beginning of most of the episodes just about um, what sort of spiritual awarenesses and uh, new sort of things have been going on in my life, um, or about the topics and energies I've been working with as an individual, you're pretty aware of the fact that I've been working through a number of sort of like big inner shadow things and bringing them to light. And I've been sharing quite a bit of that with you, I feel like. Um, yeah, but I haven't shared that much about what's been going on in my outer life recently. <laughs> like in the three-dimensional universe in which we all live. Because I think sometimes... I tell myself that I haven't, you know, gotten anything done um, in terms of like my business, which is getting into it. Uh, this part, this podcast is part of that. Also, this podcast. But then I look around, and we did a full kitchen remodel, um, and did a lot of it ourselves. The only thing we didn't do was the cabinets and the floor, so like backsplashes and. Um, managing all of the contractors and stuff like that. And while like each day it didn't seem like a ton of work, right? Like it didn't really seem like work or I was only like quote unquote working uh, part of the day on the remodel and then part of the day on getting into it. Or um, sometimes I would take the whole rest of the day off and just uh, like work out, take care of my body, be with my husband, that sort of thing. Um, It it actually is a staggering amount of work. (laughs) And so like... I think I have to challenge that little part of my head that's just like, "Uh uh-oh, you didn't do anything because it wasn't the thing that I, you know, maybe was used to doing or had established a pattern of doing that. But in being in this and um, in really allowing myself to have rest and to have large chunks of rest and to take breaks from, you know, the quote-unquote work of my business or the outs and ins, the everyday to-do list, has also brought up a lot of, like, guilt and productivity stories for me to like love myself through and clear. Um, For those of you who are listening, this might be like for you when, um, and my husband does this, I love him so much. We'll go on vacation and he'll spend the first day of vacation doing chores. And it's like, he can't like un, he can't get out of work mode. It usually takes him two or three days to shift into, okay, I can relax. Okay. I can put my feet up. Okay. I can have a big deep breath. And for so many of us, like work is the habit we don't even realize we're doing. And um, yeah, I definitely had to look at at my relationship to that. And uh, 
And then also like unpack like ideas of laziness and ideas of worth that are associated with work and also safety. Like, are you, do you do this? Maybe (laughs) when you like sit down to read a book, like, and it's not a book where you're learning about something that you need for your business or your spiritual life or whatever, like just a book. You, you don't need to read it for any reason except just that you're interested in it. And so you sit down to read it and like in the back of your head, you're like going over all the things that you could have done or should have done. Like, uh, I really want to read this book, but I should be doing my laundry. Anyone else? Just me? <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Yeah, that has been coming up and I've been been called to work with myself a little bit more deeply on that and then finding ways to just allow myself to be. I wish I could tell you I'm perfect at that and I'm still not yet and it's been like quite a while. Um, I've even done it with my artwork. Uh, for so long when I was teaching art as a professor, I was making art for shows, for galleries, for critics, for publications, that sort of thing. And recently I've been making art and then putting it in boxes in the basement. And that's like totally contradictive to what we tell people to do now. Everybody's like, get yourself out there, show it on Instagram, make a reel, show a process, do this, do that. You have to tell people about what you're doing. And like, it has been really, I have to tell you, a game changer for me just to be doing to do. Not to do to make myself busy so that I have that like stamp of busyness and like work ethic, but to do because I am finding pleasure in the doing of the thing. And that has been, like I said, just completely transformational to me. Uh, Jury's still out on what's going to happen with the artwork in the boxes because some of it's quite good. (laughs) So, So I don't know. I don't know what I'll be doing with it, but for right now, I don't need to know. It just needs to exist. And it really makes me wonder how many of us um, exist out there and are limiting ourselves or pushing ourselves super hard because we don't know that we have a conscious choice in how much we work and how much we do. And I know it's like a popular for like, quote unquote, manifesting coaches to say things like, when I stopped working so hard, that's when things really took off. But that actually has kind of been my experience (laughs) currently. And that is like, of course, I consciously chose to stop working, quote unquote, so hard or stop like pushing myself to have episodes out in a certain amount of time or stopped, um, you know, the, the remodel in the kitchen currently isn't done because I haven't built the wine shelves. I have to make custom wine shelves. Our house was built in 1864 and it just is strange shapes. And the way that the, um, obviously there wasn't heat, uh, central heat back then. So the way they put the heating vents in, it turned the kitchen layout a little bit weird. And we have this like really strange cubby that conveniently fits wine bottles perfectly, but, uh, you can't just shove them in there. They need to have like racks and you can't buy a store-bought rack because it's an unusual shape. So I'm custom building, uh, racks for in there. And like, I think part of me is like, okay, the kitchen would be done if I'd built the rack so that then I could paint everything. So then I could call the electrician to come put the like things back on the wall anyway. But if I, if I pushed myself to do it when it's, I'm not supposed to be doing it, it's going to be bad experience for me. I'm not going to enjoy it. And I want to enjoy my life. (laughs) 
anyway, so as I've been consciously choosing to like work or not to work based on pleasure or sort of like my own consent, uh, it's really helped me sort of understand how I do that in my business and then to make a conscious choice of whether or not I want to do that right now. Now with like businesses and work and life purpose and all that kind of stuff, if you have a, if you're doing a soul centered business, or even if you're just pursuing jobs to, so that you have money to pursue the things that you really love or pursue the things that really give you pleasure. At some point you do have to do things that are sort of like work that we would consider to be work. And I, I kind of want to like say this cause I've had a couple big successes recently um, in getting people enrolled in my programs, in um, having a larger reach, that sort of thing. And it has seemed to happen um, in a sort of magical way. <laughs> I want to say in a manifested way, but what you don't see and what you don't hear, you hear me talking about how I've taken time off and I've not done work um, on the business. I have done quote unquote housework uh, or construction work, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, but it is, has, it has been play. I've made artwork that has been play. Um, you'll hear me say something like that and then say, when I backed off of the really hard, strenuous stuff that I didn't like, that's when things started to happen. But what you aren't seeing is the two years of the hard work and the focus and the drive and hiring experts to help me in areas that I struggled in and the problem solving and the analytics and the way that I have been willing to... Um, to really go inward, um, to affect changes in myself and in my life so that my current desire to work less is simply me backing off and looking around and having a deep breath to take in the effects and the gains that I earned during that time. So I think that... <laughs> I, I want to state that I definitely believe in like synchronicities and in manifesting and in the magic of these two parts of the process coming together. The parts of the process being the fact that we give ourselves rest and we make internal shifts and we also take action in the outward world. So often you'll hear manifesting people be like, all you have to do is think it, think it into being or call it into to being or believe it into being and I personally think it's a little bit more than that. It is somewhat about action and about how you act in the outward world. If you want outward things, you have to make you have to make changes in the outward world as well as the inward world. <laughs> but that is a topic for a whole nother day. Maybe we could do a whole podcast on manifesting and on allowing yourself breaks. But an example of this would be that I shared with you a few episodes ago that I was working with myself on my feelings of belonging and outsiderness. And then shifting those internally and allowing myself to be open, to put myself out there, which for me has meant like chatting with people I wouldn't normally chat with, reaching out to people that maybe inside my head I'm like, oh, they haven't talked to me in a while, maybe they don't like me, whatever, reach out to them, see what happens. <laughs> Going in um, and taking group courses that are with people um, who share interests with me and just being curious and reaching out to those other people. And I have to tell you that it has magnetized a really fantastic group of learners from my spiritual, magical, spiritual, mystical, magical program, mystical, spiritual, magical program. 
a big portion of that program is about community connection and belonging and care and understanding and magic. And so like consequently, as I worked with myself on that, I had ease of sales this round. And for me, it also means that um, I do service and I show up to a firm community. So I shifted my internal belief. I put myself out there. And then I also did acts of service, which is also a really big part of this podcast. As you can imagine, sharing voices in the online and in-person communities that I'm part of is also sort of an act of service to that community. It amplifies voices. It shares voices with you, the listeners. And according to my analytics, the listenership is a worldwide listenership, which is pretty epic. And I think as you're listening to these words, or if you're listening to a podcast of your choosing, maybe even not this one, or maybe Megan's, hey, (laughs) you can really affirm that too. If you're also working on your sense of belonging as you're listening, imagine how many listeners are sharing this experience with you and let them sort of be present for you in your imagination. Or if you take a big deep breath, you can almost feel them, you know, around you also hearing, also listening, also part of this moment. So yeah, I met today's guest, Megan, in a goddess and female empowerment community space that I was part of and actually have been enjoying and listening to and tuning into her work since then. We met at the very beginning of the pandemic. Uh, kind of funny. I I joined that community because I wanted to meet people and I just moved to a new place and I thought that that community would help me do it. Um, side note, I also love that Megan's in Texas. So the second I saw that, she made a post and I was like, oh, hell yeah, she's in Texas. As many of you know, I went to grad school at TTU, Texas Tech University in Lubbock, which is nowhere near northern Texas where Megan is. But I adore and in the winter here in Boston I especially miss Texas and all its strange independent sort of southern but also midwestern weird and wonderfulness. (laughs) Um, I also really have enjoyed Megan because she is um, again one of those people whose focus is on community building, connection making, and also like thinking about sales and marketing as sort of like a service as well. To, to bringing community get together. Um, I find her podcast, The Good Business Witch, to be full of interesting voices, and her um, insights are particularly useful, inspiring, and helpful. So I'm going to read you her bio, and then we'll get into the interview. Megan Winkler is a spiritual business and marketing coach who's works who works with soulful entrepreneurs to build sustainable, authentic, and energetically aligned businesses. She's known as the Good Business Witch and has a podcast with the same name. Megan incorporates strategy and spirituality to create one-of-a-kind business and marketing plans for her clients through her proven client attraction circles framework. Dope. She was worked with award-winning architects, physicians, and multiple Fortune 500 companies. Megan holds a master's in military history and is currently pursuing her MBA with a concentration on women's leadership. Megan lives in North Texas with her partner, Mike, and their teenage daughter, Emma, and some very temperamental houseplants. <laughs> Relatable! <laughs> Anyways, here's Megan. Hello, Megan Winkler, and welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am so happy to have you on today. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be on. 
Excellent. Well, can you start by telling folks a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Sure, absolutely. So um, I'm Megan Winkler, and I am a spiritual marketing and business coach and consultant. And I work primarily with busy coaches who know they need marketing, know they need sales, um, but feel kind of icky about it. So we do it in such a way that it feels authentic and um, it's all organic. So I'm not one of those ad people. Um, Facebook ads are not my jam, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're definitely going to touch on that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You have a cool name for your business. Can you tell folks what it is? Absolutely. I'm also known as the good business witch. And that is my, thank you. That's also my podcast name. And yeah, it just came about. um, It was so funny. I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, your coaches need coaches, you know, and it's like your marketers, they need other marketers to learn from, you know, and I really believe that there's like enough knowledge and enough clients for all of us. And I was sitting in a, um, a visibility and marketing, like eight week challenge and the name, the good business, Witch popped into my head. And I just, I was flipping through those notes the other day and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. I was sitting in a session and the name just came to me and it made so much sense. I love that. So what makes like marketing, you said spiritual marketing and, and mm-hmm. spiritual business, what makes it spiritual versus not spiritual? Like in, in what ways is it different than maybe like working with a a sales coach or yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, from where I sit, a spiritual business or uh, spiritual marketing, that sort of thing is you've brought your spiritual, um, or even religious, um, principles and whatnot into your business. So I tend to work with people who are, um, kind of witchy, kind of woo-woo, kind of new age, but I've also worked with people who um, are very Christian and they bring that into their business as well. Um, My rule is don't be a butthole. (laughs) I don't don't know if I can cuss on the show or not. (laughs) Oh yeah. I have the explicit warning. You could say anything. Awesome. So don't be an asshole. (laughs) Yes. Preach. (laughs) You know, because I'm of the opinion that it doesn't really matter what your belief structure is. Um, If you're not an asshole, then you're welcome. So come on. Um, So what's cool about that is that it really kind of boils down to people who want to make a difference in the world and make, you know, the planet a better place to live and bring uh, their intuition into the business. They bring um, their social justice views into the business, all that. So it's, it's really cool. And I think it's a lot different than um, some other businesses in that there's a lot of like right brain creativity and intuition and um, connecting with people on a soul level, you know, like sitting down into a meditation and doing a, like a client attraction meditation kind of thing and visualizing, you know, drawing them in as opposed to just sitting down and being like, okay, these are the metrics here. This is what it's telling us. So we have to adjust it here, you know, all that, which that all of that has value. I love metrics and analytics and numbers, but our intuition and our creativity have just as much value. Uh, I love that so much. Um, I guess just for the listeners, so they can kind of have like an example of how this might work. Um, 
I could even give one from my business. I'm sure you have a ton from your business too, but like you could look at the metrics, like let's say, um, how many, what your conversion rate is Mm -hmm. and like test different like ads for that or whatever. Or you could do something like what you're saying, like a a client attraction meditation. And then after that, ask the question, what wants to come through now or something like that, I guess, um, I need to word this as a question. Uh, I was going to give an example, but like uh, one time I was looking through my metrics and like everything said that I needed to run. I I run Facebook ads on occasion yeah, um, just to get like visibility and stuff like that. And I kind of like did the meditation. And after that, I was like, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that needs to be done. Like, don't don't do this. Don't do that. It was so weird because I had needed to give time for an email that I had just sent out to like percolate. Yeah. Initially seemed like I got no response to that email Mm -hmm. and then it just needed two weeks. And then all of a sudden people were booking. And so it was really interesting, like kind of like tuning into that. And if I had busied myself with other stuff, it would have not been a good use of my time. I guess my question is how do you work with people on like balancing those dynamics of uh, like, this is how you look at your business. This is how you structure your business. This is how you do sales and marketing. And this is like how you center in, in your own priorities. Yeah. So uh, in a couple of ways. So before I love my clients who will sit down and journal or they'll meditate or they'll dance or go to yoga or whatever, or go for a run um, before they create content yes. because it really gets them out of their head and more into their body. Um, cause we can overthink the hell out of things. It's just awful. Like you were saying with, you know, your meditation in the Facebook ads, um, that like, yeah, you were probably, and I'm, I'm making this up, but you were probably like, oh, I need to do this. 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 Like four or five yes. different things. Right. Yeah. 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 And so it gets, it gets overwhelming. Cause we get like up in our, up in our head. So anytime I have a client that's like, kind of on that verge of freak out. And I can just tell by the tone of their voice or their (laughs) messages. I'm like, okay, let's take a second and let's come back to what our goals are. What are our goals? If you're wanting to fill up a a program, it's like, okay, so let's just focus on the program. One of the things I always tell people is only be selling one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Now that means like you can absolutely sell a new thing every week, but don't try to sell me your opt-in lead magnet and your $27 product and your $200 course, like at the same time, it gets very confusing. I don't know how I'm going to work with you all that. Um, and the same goes for our minds really is like, we want to do all the things right now and we can't (laughs) cause it's just going to confuse us, freak us out, give us anxiety and give our customers and clients anxiety. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So it sounds like you're also like are you also working with them on meditation and their own spiritual development while you're working with them on developing their business? A little bit. That really comes into my group programs. So I've got um, my signature um, group course and it's, it's a live course. So I'm in there. It's not like, Oh, here, pay this money and go do this thing on your own. (laughs) Uh Um, (laughs) You know, I'm actually in the room with people. It's crazy. Um, We do do meditations there. Um, and so I kind of walk them through some of that process. Um, my new client attraction course is likely going to have some sort of mindfulness practice in it as well. 
um, I spent a while as a meditation teacher actually. And so that stuff just kind of comes up and there'll be times when I can tell people are just like freaking out on a client call or whatever. And I'll just be like, okay, let's just take a big deep breath and just come into the room together, you know, and like something that small helps them learn that they can stop at any point in their day when they're stressed out, take a deep breath, center, start again. I love that. I love the like grounding aspect because business can be really um, stressful mm-hmm. or uh, can induce lots of circular thinking, like the, yes. the nonstop train of, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to yeah. do this. I got to do this. That's so cool. So you help those folks. I got to ask, like, how did you end up doing this work? Like, <laughs> <laughs> tell me your life story, please. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Um, how much time do you, no, just kidding. <laughs> We have plenty of time. (laughs) So this is like one of my favorite stories to tell. And that's because um, I have everything that I wanted. It just came in a completely different form than I expected. (laughs) I wanted to be a teacher and a writer. So I got out of my undergrad degree. I actually, I'll back up. So I was, I went to UNT, UNT, the University of North Texas for my undergrad. I did a few years there, uh, got married, went to Japan for about three years because he was stationed over there, had my daughter, uh, came back to Denton, Texas and went back to UNT and um, ended up getting divorced. But before that divorce, I started my master's degree in history because I was like, okay, I want to teach and write. So I thought, okay, you know, working on a master's degree, this can take me to the collegiate level and it's really great. So started doing that, absolutely stuck with the master's degree. There was another marriage and divorce in there that we don't talk about. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) And uh, and that's an old like inside joke. But um, and then um, but during that time, I also started my first business. Um, it was a children's decor business with my mother and it was called princess, princess P designs, like princess and the P. And we hand painted, um, these beautiful wall letters and hand painted canvases and all this. And it was a wonderful business. We had a lot of fun and we got to the point where we either, we had to make the decision to either expand and like rent a space and hire people or sell it. And mm-hmm. at the time I was coming up on my graduation date with the first master's degree. And, um, you know, it was just like, I, I don't want to be painting letters for, yep. <laughs> for a living. Right. So we sold it, which is awesome. And, um, graduated with my master's degree, started working at the collegiate level, uh, single mom and was like, crap, I need to make money. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you working as a professor? I kind of, it was, yeah. um, we were, I was at a community college and I can't remember what they called it, but I was on the tutorial staff. And so I had like set tutoring sessions that were group tutoring sessions. And I had to be prepared to just answer questions and lecture on anything Lord. that they like hit me with. So in a way, I think it was harder than being a professor because I had to yeah. be like stand on my feet. And it was a blast and I loved it and it was pennies and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, okay, 
But at the same time, I had started freelance writing and I was writing a lot of, um, you know, articles on history and all that. And uh, back when like Sweet 101 was around and, you know, before we all got into self-publishing and all that. And um, (laughs) (laughs) it was just so crazy. And so then I started looking for a job and I found one in a publishing company here in Dallas. And um, my job there was to write marketing copy that didn't sound salesy or markety, which was a bit of a challenge, but um, I learned how to do it. And I apologize for any knocks on the wall. We're getting two (laughs) windows replaced over there. It's fine. I think people who listen to the podcast know that I'm a human. And so like, you're going to hear fans, you're going to hear dogs, you're going to hear birds, you're going to hear knocks (laughs) on walls. Like it is just how it is. It's (laughs) how it is, man. I, yeah. (laughs) And if anything, like we kind of celebrate that because the real meat, the real meat is in what we're talking about and not in the random noises in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, sorry, I totally segued myself. Um, yeah. So I worked there for a little while and just decided that I wanted to go like full on freelance, um, became a freelance writer and um, started building that business, which was really cool. So at some point along the way, I got certified in meditation uh, teaching and techniques, um, which was really cool. And then um, there was one day that I was chatting with a friend and she was like, hey, did you see that there's a medical clinic down the road that they have yoga classes? Like maybe they would be into meditation. So I sent them an email and I was like, hey, you know, I would love to teach meditation, all this. Well, the response I got back was actually from the medical director and like the head physician. And I had no idea. She was just like, Hey, this is so-and-so like her first name and everything. <laughs> and so I go teach a couple of meditation classes and I'm talking to her one day and she's like, Oh, I wish I had promoted that more on Facebook. I'm so sorry about that. Like, I'm just so busy. She goes, do you know anybody that, you know, is into, it's into that can do social media. And I'm like, well, I can't yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the rest is history. So I, uh, yeah, I teach on my podcast. I teach in my courses. I write for myself, for my clients, all that. So I have everything that I asked for. It just (laughs) looks completely different. It's not academic at all. (laughs) I know. I, oh my God. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I have a, I have a friend who I'm not going to name, but I know she listens to the podcast. What's up girlfriend? Uh And uh, she's a dean at a fairly prestigious university uh, in, in Indiana and um, a dean of student affairs, mm-hmm. no less. And then we were talking about how her, she's frustrated with some of the um, faculty in creative departments not wanting the thing to be practical that they yep. teach people. And yeah. she's like, students come here for practical skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I mean, it. It definitely, like, we should teach them to think at a higher level mm-hmm. and to think at the critical level and to think at the creative level, but we should also teach them that there's no shame in, like, having a product. Yeah, exactly. Like, having a, a something that actually serves society directly, mm-hmm. not indirectly. I mean, indirectly is great, too. We all need art. We all need, oh, yes. like, ways to think more deeply. We all need creative writers. Yeah. But like, yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Sorry, I like got okay. on a little bit of a 
I love it. Are you kidding? It's great. A little bit of a soapbox there. <laughs> yes. Hop up there. <laughs> well, oh, we should all strive to find things where we're of service and there's nothing wrong with your do. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Actually, I love so many of your posts and your episodes about how like marketing cannot be broy and marketing can come from the soul and stuff like that. And I think, I think, well, and maybe I should ask you this. Why do you think people have so much resistance to marketing? Well, I can use myself as an example on that. Actually, yeah. I used to hate the word marketing and I, I know you've seen me talk about, you've heard me talk about it, seen me post about it. Yeah. I used to hate the word marketing. I, um, my experience with it was really icky. Um, even when I was writing copy that wasn't supposed to sound marketing, I had to pull it from um, these marketing departments for the for our clients, and they were all like, "We're the best in the world at this thing." And I'm like, "How do you, you can't know? You can't that. know that, yeah? <laughs> what are you talking about?" And it's so funny. So that job was, we created um, these big coffee table books that you'll see like, um, you know, in design studios or at hotels, that sort of thing. And like, I would work with wineries and there's nothing snootier than a Napa Valley winery, (laughs) especially the marketing (laughs) department. Oh my God. And it was just like, oh, we've got the best Cabernet. And I'm like, no, you don't. I've tried that Cabernet. Yeah. So it was all like award winning. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'm like, I don't know who awarded what to this, but (laughs) I will go with my $10 seven moons. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, it's, it feels icky. And there's a lot of times, I think we've all fallen victim to um, just like gross marketing that over promises and way under delivers. Yes. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've, you know, bought $9.99 and $17.99 PDFs that are supposed to like walk me through this big process. And there's huge gaping holes in the process, Yep. you know? And it's like, okay, that's just, it's not cool. And I always tell people it's like, with marketing, you, you, you don't want to overpromise. Like if you had results that say, um, like I recently had a client who booked almost $29,000 in her business in private clients after we did an event together. Okay. I can say that. Can I say that everyone's going to book almost 30 grand after an event? No, but I make that very clear that it's like this, these were her results yep. and this is how it worked for her. So it does work, Yeah. but there's, there's work in it. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that we're all just like expecting to have that used car salesman experience <laughs> with marketing, honestly. Yes. A hundred percent. I also like despise the like drop in the DM Mm-hmm. or at the PM, like people, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I did not consent to this. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's something that I teach my clients. It's like invite people to DM you. Yep. But don't like, I mean, cause you, and you kind of have to like train people to say, Hey, you know, slide in my DMS and let me know if you're interested, that sort of thing to that conversation going, but Oh my God, I hate. And I get so many times. <laughs> Hey, um, so I've got this cool product that'll help you um, gain more leads because you're a busy coach. And I'm like, literally, that's what I do. I know. Yeah, thanks. Uh-huh. 
just 100%. <laughs> I know it is. It is. It's almost kind of funny, but like also, uh, I think it's also just like untrained and people who don't understand. So yeah. I, I hear that you say that you're like resistance to marketing because of like some of the tactics and mm-hmm. also that, that there's sort of like can be for some people, I think an element, not, a, I don't want to say betrayal because that feels like really like, uh, yeah. uh, but that idea of like, I'm going to sell you the thing and over promise it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like bait and switch maybe mm-hmm. is the word that I'm looking for there. Cause I've experienced that a lot too. I think there's a trend. Um, at least I see this in the spiritual community mm-hmm. with people who maybe even have no training in teaching, uh, yeah. and, and have not learned to hold, actually hold space for a community and they're selling their products, uh, based entirely on emotions. Like, so they'll be like, join this and feel good and join Mm -hmm. this and have community. But then you actually like have a safe community and you actually get in the community and you're like, "Uh Oh, nobody's had trauma training here. Uh Oh, there's a lot of ableism. Uh Oh, there's like, you know, it's just like, uh, it's so interesting. So I, I see why, like, I get why people, spiritual business folks and stuff like could really benefit from working with someone like you because then you see marketing as something where you're like we're gonna make our marketing founded in honesty and we're gonna make our marketing founded in truth Mm -hmm. and in who we are and stuff like that can you maybe talk a little bit about um how you do that with folks sure what what would be their experience coming in yeah absolutely yeah um so i am all about building an online community without saying you're building an online community, which I realize sounds kind of wacky, but um, we have all these platforms at our fingertips, right? We have seriously an Instagram account, a Facebook account, a LinkedIn, Twitter, all these things. They're free marketing platforms that we didn't have 15 and 20 years ago. Um, So it's, it's really shifted and changed. And One of my favorite ways to help, especially coaches, but all spiritual business owners um, really start marketing their business in a way that's authentic is to show rather than tell. So really having that authentic, um, beautiful connection with people. Mm -hmm. I love when I love when I have a client that's like, oh, I love videos. I like to go to go live. And I'm like, yes, let's go live, (laughs) right? Because especially if you're a coach, it's like, how do I know that I want to coach with you if I've never seen you really work? And I've never heard you talk about things. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, so really kind of creating that connection, I think is so, so important and using those platforms to draw people in and create that community, um, without saying, oh, you know, like you were saying, it's like, oh, join the community and it's a safe space and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, you could talk about creating a space, safe, space, safe, 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 safe. <laughs> I've had only one cup of coffee this morning, safe space. Or you could actually create a safe space. Yep. You know what I mean? Where yeah. like people come to your account or jump on your newsletter and like, you know, not every email is you selling them something and not every email is just like, Hey, this is what, you know, is coming down the pipeline or whatever. It's like genuine connection. Um, so that's a big deal. Actually reaching out to people and, and sending a DM to somebody if they've posted something that really resonates with you. 
And it doesn't matter that you're a business owner. You're also a person. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's not about like making a sale right now, every single time it's about building kind of a reputation, building a community and building these connections with people. So I have to ask this. Yes, (laughs) Yes, do it. That's the kind of stuff. Like for me, I feel like that takes like time, like multiple months, multiple years, Mm -hmm. like kind of like slow growth. So how are you like supporting people through that? Like as a process? Yeah. Well, so I absolutely, um, will tell people marketing is a long game. Yep. Like marketing is not overnight. And, um, you know, to kind of circle back to the Facebook ads thing, I've actually had people say, you know, I want to use Facebook ads as my primary source of marketing. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And I know that there are people that know exactly how to do that. I don't, Yep. that's not what I do. So I tell people, um, cause a lot of times people will be like, you know, where do we see this change in this growth? And I'm like, it's within the first four to six months. So it can take up to six months to really see a difference. Um, it's like working out at a gym, right? Like you're not going to go for a week and suddenly like everything's going to be amazing. You're going to go. It's actually, actually, as I'm using this metaphor, I realize how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna go to the gym. So like you've been doing your thing, right? You're like whatever your thing is, but if you go to the gym and you get with a trainer, they're going to tell you to stop doing certain things, start doing other things. You're going to start maybe lifting weights in a new way and different muscles are going to be sore. And you're going to yes. feel like you're taking a step back. This is so perfect. Yeah, I'm like, I really, I really <laughs> love this. I'm like, I'm going to write, write this down when I get off. Of They're going to be like, here. no, 60 minutes on the treadmill. No more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's going to feel like you're taking a step back. And it's, so it's like in marketing, you may see your engagement change or shift or a few followers fall away because you're getting more in alignment with where you want to go. And then like, you know, by the first time the first month is up, you're stronger and you're more focused and all that. And as you continue working, like you're building those muscles, right? So just in the same way, you're, you're probably not without surgery or without Facebook ads, you're not going to lose 40 pounds in a month. You're also not going to gain like 40,000 followers in a month. (laughs) (laughs) I know it is. It is the long game. It is. That's so cool. Okay. So are you working with people like one-on-one through this or are are you, um, you mentioned signature programs. Do they go through the signature program and for like a certain duration of time come out like a different way? I guess I'm asking for more information on how people work with you or how you work with people. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. (laughs) So there are three ways to work with me privately. And so, oh, the two ways to work with me privately and then one way to work with me kind of in a group setting. So privately, um, I offer um, marketing consultations on like a month to month basis. So really it's like a strategy call. Um, It's going through the analytics. It's developing a plan. Sure. Um, I also work one-on-one with clients to manage all of their marketing. So um, blogs, newsletters, sales pages, social media, um, podcast introductions, stuff like that. Um, and then the group programs are, um, really, I love them so much. <laughs> I love the programs too. So we're good. <laughs> thank you. Marketing with soul is just, it's amazing. I want to expand it actually. 
Um, it was an eight week program at the end of the eight weeks. Um, everybody was like, I wish this kept going because I like the accountability. I like the, you know, the support, all that. So I'm thinking about maybe doing that as a six month program, um, soon. And then, uh, my client attraction course is just a six week course. It's very hands-on that's starting in September, actually. Um, and we're actually going to go through my client attraction uh, circles framework. So it's not a webinar. <laughs> I hate webinars, uh, I like but it either. is a, yeah. a live video interaction and it's perfect for coaches because it's like anything you've ever taught in like a group situation, what can you narrow down to an hour long session where you're actually working and showing people what you're doing? So in that uh, course, we're actually gonna write some sales emails. We're gonna figure out what content we're reusing. We're gonna work on social media images, all that. But basically they come out of that with all the collateral and the entire setup so that they can actually run this three or four times a year to gain leads, get new people on another list, all that. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse my language. I think like, um, so I, I think what people see of businesses from the outside, uh, it looks like what they see is like the like pretty Instagram photo and the like announcement of the thing. But I don't think people realize like what you just said, there's so much that goes behind everything. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's the copyright. Um, so people get used to hearing you talk about the thing, like you mentioned yeah. before yeah. there's, um, <laughs> the social media images. Yeah. I like that. You even said the podcast intro, like yeah. all of that kind of stuff like matters because it's how you're interfacing yeah. with your clients. Exactly. And so you're, you're, you're giving them like a whole package. <laughs> well, I mean, not, a, not like a whole, whole package, Yeah, but with, you're like guiding them through making that yeah. for themselves. And then they know yeah. all of the like ways to sort of think about presenting themselves like moving forward. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so much. And that's so cool. And then they get, like you said, they can launch that like multiple times. Yeah, exactly. So like, instead of doing a webinar or having something that just does like, it's all it's automatic stuff. Like they're actually connecting with people. Yep. And I did my own, um, last month in July. And it was, it's just so fantastic because it's like, I, I had everybody introduce themselves. And so then I was able to teach them about the framework and actually say, you know, well, you know, so-and-so because you own a candle company, you know, this is how you could change that or mm -hmm. so-and-so, you know, you're training dogs. So you would want to really focus on this kind of transformation here. Like it was very personal. Um, and that way people understand like that you, that you give a damn, yeah. <laughs> you're not just like here to sell something like you're here to make their lives and their work work better. Oh my God, this would have been so helpful to me like, <laughs> like five years ago. Yep. yep. Like, holy yeah. shit. So like people who are listening to the podcast, thinking <laughs> about starting a business, Megan yeah. is your gal. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And so honestly, like you wouldn't even have to work on work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Like if you did the client attraction um, course and you did marketing with soul, yeah. Because marketing with soul, then like it comes, it, it like it works on your mindset. So if you if you feel weird about um, 
being, you know, in front of people and sharing your work, if you feel weird about sales, if you feel weird about um, just anything, like we work on the mindset, but we also work on like content calendars mm-hmm. and hashtags and like all of like the very like strategic things as well. And you'd be set up. Don't need to yeah. go to business school. <laughs> I know. I, I think making a business is business school. <laughs> it is. It is. So maybe you don't have to go to marketing school. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so like, it's so funny. Yeah. I, I, I was talking to another friend about this. Yeah because they did an entrepreneurship, uh, like master's degree. And uh, she has now started six businesses. And she's like, I've learned more from my businesses than I ever did in school. But Mm -hmm. I have the master's to like back up things and like, yeah, knowledge of a couple different resources that I didn't beforehand. So I'm glad I did it. But yeah, one of the best ways to learn is to to do the thing and then to problem solve Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. to stay with it. It's funny you say that because I'm working on my MBA right now. and really it's so that I can say, yeah, I've got an MBA. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I actually switched my major from marketing because I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do marketing. This would be great. Because, and I was talking to one of my best friends, she's um, a physician. And I was just like, and I was just like, you know, this is just, this isn't how it works in the real world. And she goes, yeah, she goes, I had the same experience in medical school. It's like, you learn all the book medicine yep. and then you go and real learn the real life medicine. Same thing yes. with marketing. So I was like, well, my concentration is not going to be in marketing anymore because <laughs> yeah, it just like, it wasn't there. <laughs> and then if marketing, I feel like evolves every month based on the different platforms and stuff like that. And like what's working and where people are at. So Mm -hmm. that's another one where you just have to be plugged in. You do. And that's one of the things that I do. And I love bringing this new knowledge to my clients is I am continually, I'm in a new program all the time to learn different things and learn new things. I mean, there's definitely platforms that I stay away from. Like, I don't know anything about TikTok or clubhouse. (laughs) I downloaded (laughs) clubhouse from my phone and I get some notifications and I'm just overwhelmed and I have never actually tried it. Cause it's just, I don't know how it works. It's weird. <laughs> oh my God. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many, like a, I had a friend convince me to get on it. Cause she was like, it's genius. It's so yeah. cool. And I think it is for people who are not me. <laughs> yeah. They're like, it's audio based. I'm like, so like a podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's like an interactive podcast. Yeah. 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 Oh, like, like, like what we're doing right now. <laughs> yes. But where the listeners are well, like yeah, in the yeah. room and we can see their little pictures, but yes. they don't say anything unless we let them. It's we, It's so it's weird. So weird. I know yeah. it is weird. I don't like it. It's not much. Yeah. I'm um, like, no, I'll just stick with podcasts. Thank you. I'll go live on Instagram. It's fine. You can see my face. Yes. Oh, TikTok. We'll, we'll have, we'll have to save that for another conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like in, after you did the, um, like you started doing the freelance stuff, what made you take the meditation? What made you get a meditation certificate? Were were you always sort of interested in magic and meditation or did that like come Mm -hmm. later as a result of like inner exploration? No, it, it actually, so I've always known that I was different. Yep. And um, when I was a kid, I I always had the sense that my grandmother who had passed away when I was five, um, I always had the sense that she was round. Like I could just kind of I felt her presence. And um, it wasn't until I was a teenager that I started having like 
premonition in the form of dreams. It was this, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. I remember the first time that I really realized it was, it was like for real is I was in high school with, and I was with my parents and my grandparents we're going to Disney world and we were in line for the Polynesian restaurant there at Disney. And I looked over and I saw this bright red hibiscus. And I was like, I've seen that hibiscus before. And like, before I moved, I was like, I'm going to look to the right and I'm going to see this. And I can't remember what it was, it was that I was going to see. And I look over to the right and I saw exactly what it was. And I was like, I'm going to look over to the left and I'm going to see this. And I did. And it was just like, okay, that's weird. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I kind of kept that to myself for a while. Yeah. Um, and people were calling me a witch before I was calling me a witch. <laughs> and I had a friend of mine who, um, he's very cool. He's an animist and a tarot reader and a witch himself. And I was like, oh, this chick over here has called me a witch. And he was like, yeah, you are one. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Um, but the meditation <laughs> actually came from um, my need to, to really manage my anger over some uh, emotional abuse that went on in my childhood and as a teenager. And um, I was just having like kind of eruptive anger, honestly. And uh, which I tell anybody that now and they're like, what? Are you ever angry? That's a normal reaction (laughs) to that kind of circumstance. Like let's, let's make anger normal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Let's normalize anger. So that um, it can be experienced so that we can heal it, not so that we right. can use it to harm others. Yeah. Right, right. And so that was, that was the, actually my concern though, is because it like, it would go from zero to 60 anger. Yep. So it was like, that felt, the anger itself didn't feel wrong, but the, how quickly it escalated is where it was like, I feel like I need to kind of rein this in. Yeah. And I had a, I had a friend who, uh, she's huge in the social justice, all that. And she would just get so angry about the injustices of the world. And then one day she was just not angry anymore. Or she was like really just focused. And I was like, what is different? And she introduced me to um, a form of meditation called neurosculpting, um, the Neurosculpting Institutes in Denver. And um, I studied with the Institute and became um, a fellow of the Institute and um worked in that modality for a few years and I have since left and I don't practice neurosculpting, you know, in, in my work or anything. Yeah. Um, but those, those foundations are still there. And I learned so, so much about, um, people's autonomy and their own being in their conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, David Rock's scarf method was one of the big foundational things that I learned in my certification process. And I just love it. Uh, because it respects the other person in the conversation so much. Um, and, and to this day, like if I'm listening to a meditation and I feel like they're not creating a safe space before leading someone into meditation, I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I, we won't get into this because I could talk for hours on like, consent and agency with spirituality and meditation but and I know that you feel that way too because I read your post on Instagram um (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah like anyway yeah we won't go into some of the things that the community is let's keep it let's keep it in this but that's that's a lot of training yeah 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 and that's so cool I I've been really interested recently in how um 
how much neurobiology mm -hmm. is connected to like essentially manifesting or like witchcraft practices, yeah. or, like using certain things to tap into that, yeah. uh, just under a different name. I almost want to call it like psychological magic, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but like co coaches too. Cause you know, when you change your mindset, you change everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, and those are some interesting ways to sort of like get to that place. But what really fascinates me about like your work and what you were just talking about is that like, you're not just working with spiritual entrepreneurs, you're mm -hmm. working with dog walkers. Yeah. Like yeah. that. So uh, are the people who are coming to you like already sort of interested in working spiritually or are they more interested? I guess what I'm trying to ask is cool. How do you take somebody who's a dog walker yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like ground them in yeah. a spiritual practice that also is a like marketing practice? Yeah. So I love this question. And it's so funny because you mentioned dog walker, but I've, I've got even like, a, I think a more like practical quote unquote, uh, <laughs> profession. Like one of my clients is a realtor. Uh huh. And so like realty, you have to be like super grounded and like your numbers and you're walking people around at home. And if like in Texas, if somebody gets a whiff of just like anything, like maybe you practice yoga, that might be the end of that client relationship. Yeah. Right. So it's like, Oh, this is really difficult. Um, but I think with people like that, what draws them to me is that it's, it's a safe space and that I've shown you that you can bring your spiritual beliefs into your business. And it, it doesn't wreck your business. It actually attracts the right people. Yep. So with, you know, a dog walker, it's like, okay, so are you going to be like walking the RNC chairman's dog? No, you're not. <laughs> but like, if you live in Austin, Texas, and you're um, a dog walker, and you talk about how like you love to do uh, yoga with Adrian because she does her yoga with her dog. And you, you know, talk about how you've always felt like a kinship with animals and all that, like a kinship with animals is spiritual, 100%, but it's yeah. not like I'm embracing the magic of the squirrels running down the fence and they have this message for me. Like, you don't yes. have to share that with everybody. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's pick and choose, right? Right. <laughs> but you, oh, you can, so you can look outside of, of what you think it has to be. And, and play with it. That's so fun. So it sounds like the magic that you're doing is uh, helping people understand their like public persona. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, I think when I hear like business switching, I kind of like picture you doing rituals with your clients, <laughs> 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 which is like cool too. But, um, but I, I was like curious how that works yeah. with like different faiths and different belief systems and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I think that's really cool. Cause I, I also feel like what listeners may or may not know is that uh, I find at least the concept of witchcraft and there's lots of different like versions. You said animism, yeah. uh, there's different types of quote unquote witching, what we might call like a spiritual practice that, that involves something like that. It, um, it's not just paganism, uh, right. but one of the like highest tenets of it is the concept of agency mm -hmm. and knowing yourself. So I, I also like 
I think if people could understand that they would be so much more comfortable with the term witch or like with the concept of magic or something like that because it doesn't you're not taking somebody else over you're not like forcing your will out there in the world and because like things like animism recognize that everything has its own energy and like consent is so such a big part of it like everyone could learn something from it right like you could even be a christian witch like (laughs) well and that's that's one of the fun misconceptions of Mm. being a witch is it's it's not a religion it can be it's a practice yeah Yeah. exactly so um yeah I think it's amazing now don't get me wrong like I've definitely like set up like a little prosperity also here on my desk for a client before and stuff like that but it's really all at their at their request yeah there's times when they're like can you just feel into your intuition on this and I'm like yeah let's let's do it you know oh I love that I love using the intuition that way I had a it's kind of funny I had a dream last night that I know wasn't mine it's, it's oh, for my client. wow <laughs> so it's so like I have a dream journal by my desk and I dream for people so it was really funny when you said so cool. uh, like yeah there's like lots of ways to involve intuition mm-hmm. into yeah. practices and stuff like that oh, oh, that's so cool so um <laughs> can you tell folks a little bit uh, about where they can find you on the internet and uh, like how they might get started getting to know you. Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to find me is at um, on Instagram at the Megan Winkler as you know, the definite article there. Um, <laughs> and then in my profile, you can actually go check out connection circles. Um, you can also check out the good business, Witch. so that's kind of like, that's a hub there. And then you can find me at meganwinkler.com. And there's the links to the podcast and just everything from there. That's probably just the easiest way to find me. Yes. Yeah. And if you wander onto my website, you'll also see a link. I have an episode with Megan <laughs> on her yes. podcast. See, there's a direct link to your podcast. On, exactly. On the very front page of my website as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great for, for anyone out there listening who has a small business of any type. Uh, it, it's a really um, great podcast to listen to for like practical tips and uh, kind of like just grounding in thinking about your business in that way. Um, yeah, I love it. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you. This has been so much fun. I feel like I could talk to you for days. <laughs> I know at one point I was like, oh, if we talk about this, it's going to be like an 80. I know. <laughs> which, which isn't a bad thing. So, um, anyway, listeners, you can find all of Megan's, um, links in the show notes and I will see you again or talk to you again soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of sacred adventure begin. If you feel inspired by these conversations, please consider joining us on Patreon and supporting the podcast. Your donations help keep us up and running and start at just $2 a month. Patrons now get additional episodes of the podcast, as well as art images and readings at a super affordable monthly rate. And I would love to personally welcome you into that community. Special thanks and shout out to all the Patreon members who are currently out there and all of the donations Sacred Adventure Begin has received to date. It has been such a pleasure supporting you and helping you focus in on the truth meaning and wisdom that can be found in our lives and experiences. Thank you too for everyone out there listening. 
know that I am sending you so much love, so much awareness, and so much self-acceptance at whatever stage in your journey you find yourself on today.